I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. When I was growing up, there was a young lady who's a few years ahead of me in school. Her brother was uh, a classmate of mine, and she loved kids. She would volunteer for every vacation Bible school every summer. She would help out with the parish nursery. She was like the most beloved babysitter in town. She just, she loved kids. And she was good at taking care of kids. She was tender-hearted, and she would make them laugh. She would sit and listen to them and menial tasks like, you know, brushing a child's hair or coloring the same picture over and over again or watching Cinderella for the hundredth time. They didn't bother her. She was so gifted when it came to being with and taking care of children. She went on to become a pediatrician. In fact, my daughters saw her not long ago. They had a little bit of a sore throat and we had to take them to the doctor's office and she was the doctor that was available at our children's clinic. And every time I bump into her in town or see her at church or watch her post something on Facebook or my kids go to her for medical care, I think back to a conversation that she and I had at youth group one time. Like I mentioned, she was a few years ahead of me, but we were at this event one time. I was in middle school. She was in high school. And we got put in a small group together. And the particular discussion that we were all having was about our gifts and how we could use our gifts for the glory of God. Now, I was in eighth grade, and I'm pretty sure she was a senior in high school. And so I, in my little eighth grade brain, I don't know what my gifts are yet. At the time, I kind of knew I liked to talk, but I could have never envisioned one day hosting podcasts and, and live radio shows. But I didn't exactly say that when I was sitting in the group. I was more just kind of taking it all in and listening. And she said very clearly in the group that she wanted to do something that worked with kids someday, whether it was run a daycare or be a teacher, maybe be a pediatrician. And she pursued that dream, that career goal, and is an incredible doctor. And when she cares for her patients, she's not just doing it as a good healthcare practitioner who can diagnose an illness or prescribe medication. That tenderness, that warmth, that compassion that so many of us witnessed as we were all growing up when she would help take care of kids at various things, specifically in our parish or school settings, we're seeing it play out now. She knew her giftedness. And she pursued a calling in life to live out of that giftedness. Sometimes when we talk about evangelization, like we have been through this whole Ave Explorers Sharing the Faith series, we assume that evangelization is grabbing a microphone, speaking on a stage, hosting a podcast, writing a blog, sharing something on Instagram. We think of evangelization like these formalized ministry settings. When in reality, sharing the faith is sharing the love of God, sharing the joy of the gospel— in the circumstances and places that we find ourselves. And for, for this particular doctor, I think she might listen to the podcast, so I'm trying not to give away her identity too much. But for her specifically, her giftedness led her to her career that she does so beautifully and shares faith in that career. Knowing our gifts is really the first part of being able to evangelize and share the faith well. And knowing our gifts, knowing what God is calling us to do, can only happen when we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, when we know the way the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, the way the Holy Spirit is calling us to respond to his voice and his movements. Mallory Smythe is an author. She's a speaker. She works with women with purpose and, and has a beautiful ministry and a beautiful heart and is really able to articulate well what it means to live out of our giftedness. And so we invited her onto the show to talk a little bit about her book, Rekindled, which is all about the Holy Spirit leading her back to her Catholic faith, and about how our giftedness 
is something that we have to pay attention to when it comes to how do I share the faith and what circumstances and what places and what spaces. You can find all of our content for this series over at AveMariaPress.com. Sign up to get the weekly emails. You can find all the podcasts, the videos, everything that we've created just for you, all for free. Right now, we hope you sit back and enjoy this conversation with Mallory Smythe about our giftedness when we share the faith. Mallory Smythe, thanks so much for joining us on Ave Explorers. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a joy to get to meet people in person. Can this count as in person? Because in a total, especially now. Yeah, like this Zoom is real. We do Zoom dates with our friends all the time. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and where you're coming to us from. Great. So I'm coming to you from Denver, proudly originally from Louisiana. And yeah, for everyone, my name is Mallory Smythe. And I've been in ministry, gosh, I used to say 10 years, but I keep getting older. So it's longer (laughs) than 10 years now. I work for Walking With Purpose as a content creator right now. Uh, What that looks like is I blog for Walking With Purpose. And actually, I'll back up. Walking With Purpose is a Bible study for women. Mm -hmm. Our mission is to bring every woman in America to know Jesus Christ through scripture. It was founded by Lisa Brennickmeyer, and we serve in parishes. We serve in independent small groups, and we're about about 400 parishes around the nation. And so I do blogging for Walking with Purpose. I've written a Bible study called Reclaiming Friendship for Walking with Purpose that came out in June while I was on maternity leave, which is an interesting <laughs> experience. And I also do social media and any kind of big behind the scene research projects or projects. Before that, I worked in other women's ministries. I was a focus missionary for about five years. And before that, actually, I was a youth minister and then I was an accountant. (laughs) And so one doesn't fit. I left college and started working for a big accounting firm. And during that time had had a big conversion and eventually had just knew that the Lord was calling me to ministry. And so I've been doing ministry through writing, through speaking, through in-person, person-to-person ministry for many years now. What was the moment like when you're sitting, my mom's an accountant and she's probably listening to this right now. And she'd be like, you can evangelize through CPA work. And she does. But what was the moment like where you realized, okay, this isn't what Jesus wants me to do and recognize like the Lord was pulling your heart elsewhere. Oh man. Well, it's funny. I actually do kind of remember the moment. (laughs) Um, So I was living in Florida. I moved to Florida right after I graduated from LSU. And I was on fire. I mean, when Jesus captured my heart at LSU, he went all in and I went all in. And I just remember sitting in this big conference room that had mostly windows and you could see the beautiful bay behind me. I was doing this audit work. I, you do not want me touching your books. You don't want me touching your processes. Like that is not my gift. I'm a great team player, good cheerleader, not a good auditor, but I was listening to a pastor while I was doing my work. And all I could think was, I grew up, like everyone I grew up with went to Catholic school Mm -hmm. for the most part. We all received Jesus every Sunday and we had no idea what we were receiving. Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is tell them about it. Like all I want to do is say, guys, we missed it. Like it's still there, but we missed it. And this Excel spreadsheet is in my way. (laughs) (laughs) And so I ended up getting this opportunity to become a youth minister kept falling in my lap. I so did not want it. Never wanted to be a youth minister. Never wanted to take you know, a 50% pay cut, but I knew that if I didn't, I never would. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that was the moment. Like if I don't jump now, I'll never jump. So I ended up jumping. So you enter into youth ministry and then you become a focus missionary. We've talked about focus a bit on this season and this series, just like the methods of approaching people and sharing the gospel and building relationships in an intentional way. 
what was maybe the biggest lesson in those early days of, uh, I'm going to say evangelization career, even though it's not a career thing, even if you're doing it for a job, it's also the life that you're living. Mm-hmm. What were some of the moments where you realized not only, okay, this is where Jesus wants me, but then we're able to see the fruits of the work. Mm. I think it was after the fact, like a lot of it. So you're in it and you're leading Bible studies for college students. You're pulling, you know, college students stand you up all the time, even if they want to be there. (laughs) I mean, that was always like, will they show up? And I remember one time leading a Bible, I was leading a Bible study and I really wanted the girls to be vulnerable about what they're actually struggling with because you walk in as a missionary. They have no idea your past. They don't know anything. All they know is that you're the girl that works at the Catholic center for this big missionary organization. (laughs) And so I went, I was like, I'm going to do it. I went and I like shared deep and dark. Okay. Cause I wanted to lay the foundation for them to join and say like, it's okay. We can be real here. And so I said like, okay, this is my story. This is why I don't pray. This is why I don't want to be a saint. This is why whatever. And I was like, what about you? What keeps you from wanting to be holy? And after I went like real vulnerable, one of the girls looks at me, she's like, "Mm, my schoolwork. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And so I think it's a work in progress. And then I think looking back on my time, I see how generous God was. Mm. Like you can see it in the moment for sure. You can see the aha moments. Like there was a girl who asked me a question about the Eucharist. And she was like, she was very involved in Protestant ministry. She was a Catholic. And she's like, so what is the deal with the Eucharist? And I just kind of went for it. And it was a Holy Spirit moment. And after that, she became the best evangelist for the Catholic church I've ever seen. Mm, Like mm. she was amazing. And so you do see those quick moments, but I think looking back and seeing how selfish I could have been and how God still worked in the lives of those girls anyway, like despite Mm -hmm. myself is really where I saw the fruit, if that makes sense. It does. Well, that's, that's an interesting line that in spite of ourselves, sometimes good things happen. Like I might, you know, think I've given the perfect explanation or like I've done the perfect interview or I've said the perfect thing in a talk and it actually is not the thing that drew somebody in, but it might've been the moment that I made a mistake, or it might've been that moment of vulnerability that like, I thought it was this part of the story that everybody was going to love, but it was actually that part. You talked about the generosity of God and that, and us needing to pay attention to God's generosity. That's the Holy Spirit. And you're kind of the Holy Spirit gal. You wrote a book about the Holy Spirit. You share very beautifully about the Holy Spirit. How do you think, everybody knows God the Father and lots of people obviously know Jesus, but the Holy Spirit's this like, ethereal being that we don't really have a full grasp of and understand how he plays a role in evangelization. So so can you give us Holy Spirit 101? Okay. So I do think the Holy Spirit is tough to understand. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to go for it here. And actually there's a book, it's a Protestant book called The Forgotten God Mm -hmm. about the Holy Spirit. I thought that was an excellent title, but the way that I have always thought of the Holy Spirit. And when we think about the Trinity, and I think the first time that the Trinity was explained to me really well, like besides kind of when priests are like, I don't want to commit heresy. We're going to talk about the Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, Um, no, the the Trinity can be understood to a point. And then the rest of it is mystery, but we have God, the father who pours out perfect love on God, the son. Mm -hmm. And that love is reciprocated perfectly back to God, the father and love by nature. Like God is love. John tells us that, right? God is love. Anyone who is in love is in God. And love by nature must create. 
that's what it does. It, the nature of love creates. And so that's how the creation of the world, it came through God's love. And so that perpetual, perfect love exchange creates the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, right? Is the spirit, I mean, it's like I said, it's a mystery in the end, but the way I picture it, it's it's the truth of the relationship between God, mm. the father mm. and God, the son. Yeah. And so proceeding from that love. Yeah. Right. Proceed. Exactly. Proceeding from that love personified a human example of this would be like, sometimes I think of my little kids as Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They proceed from the love of me and my husband. And they also tell a truth about our relationship. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals the truth of God Mm -hmm. to us. Right. And so whenever we have that truth revealed, we can be led by that truth and that truth. That's how the Holy Spirit leads us. He leads us into truth, mm-hmm, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It does. It does. And so if a person wants to share the truth of the faith, if they want to articulate, okay, this is why I love Jesus, or this is how Jesus loved me, you can't do that without the Holy Spirit. No. I had a student ask me one time, like, how do I access the Holy Spirit? As if it's like something I can download or something I can go mm-hmm. grab off a shelf at Walmart. I can have that relationship with Jesus. And like, I obviously have a relationship with the Father, how do I grow in that relationship with the Holy Spirit to be able to listen to what it is he's pushing me to do or to say or who who to encounter? Yeah, that comes through prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what the church says about prayer. And sometimes, you know, right now in my life, I have a daughter. My oldest daughter is five and a half and my youngest is four months old. And then I have two in between. <laughs> and so <laughs> a lot of times, like I am just in these walls you know, and with COVID, all of us, a lot of us have Mm -hmm. been in our walls. And so what an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us and to reveal ourselves to ourselves. That's what prayer Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. In prayer, God reveals himself and God reveals ourselves to ourselves. And so when I'm sitting in silence, when I'm sitting in prayer, whether I'm meditating on him, whether I'm in front of the blessed sacrament, whether I'm in scripture or even in a spiritual book, like that's when the Holy Spirit can lead us. And that's when we can learn to hear his voice. Mm. We have mm. to turn off the distractions and we have to get quiet because that's, that's how we tap into the Holy Spirit. For example, I was in the chapel on Sunday, straight up. I think it's the fourth commandment. Totally broke it. Is that the Sabbath? <laughs> and a super busy Sunday. I had a, we had a party for my daughter and I'm not naturally a host talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, hospitality, not my natural (laughs) gift. So it's very stressful to me. And I'm sitting in the chapel and I'm like, I just need to read about rest. Like I need to, I need to read where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. And I just sat with that passage. And like, as I'm sitting with it and as I'm listening and as I'm reading, all I zone in on is learn from me. Mm. Like Jesus says, he says, I'm meek and humble of heart, learn from me. And so I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to learn? Well, how did you live? How did Mm -hmm. Jesus live? He didn't overcommit his kids to sports. He didn't have kids, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't over busy his schedule. It was his relationship with the father, his relationship with others and his mission. Mm -hmm. So he could find rest because he didn't add on everything else. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, the Holy spirit is teaching me like, okay, learn and like take note, learn from Jesus. What do you need to rest? Mm -hmm. And so I think in those moments of silence, that's where we learn to hear his voice and tap into what he has to say to us. Yeah. And then be able to hear, okay, I need you to do this or mm-hmm. not do that, right? Like sometimes with evangelization, mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw this in your ministry career leading up to what you're doing now. Like sometimes we all get this idea of, okay, well, I have to evangelize all the time to every person I meet, which yes, we are called to be living witnesses, but God calls us to specific places, to specific mm-hmm. people, 
sometimes specific audiences that we're more suited to. So prayer leads us to being able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What do you think the Holy Spirit says a lot of times? I mean, sometimes it's the passage, but like, what do you think maybe that universal message is that the Holy Spirit often gives to us when it comes to sharing the faith specifically? I think he reveals to us our gifts. And I think through those gifts, he tells us where we should be, Mm. right? Like I should not host a women's group at my house, like every single week, I should (laughs) lead a women's group. And I do at the church, but hosting one, like I said, hospitality, not my big gift. And if I am called to it, then I have to recognize I can only do what I can do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. But some people that's their gift. Like that's where they just light up that they want to love people through hospitality or they can serve through administration. Like some people, me, not type A, type B, (laughs) like maybe type C. And in those moments, that's like a power made perfect in my weakness. Mm -hmm. And so I think what the Holy Spirit reveals to us, our gifts, and then through that, we can walk with him and discern where should I be Mm. in a certain sense, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was talking to Sarah Swafford about this once she speaks at high schools Many people do not want to speak at high schools. Mm-hmm. Sarah loves being with high schoolers. Yeah, and she so thrives. she should be, yeah. right? She absolutely should be. I'm really honest. Like if somebody's looking for like really flowery language or like going to, I don't know. I'm just not going to sugarcoat things. Yeah. You're not Hobby Lobby. Right. right. <laughs> right. Although I do like Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and so I think we have to listen to what the Holy Spirit's revealing our gifts to be and then step into those things mm-hmm. and then recognize okay, I'm being invited into this opportunity and my gifts really aren't here. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is actually not asking me to be here. And like, this is an example from my own life. I know that I could sell more books, get more speaking engagements and get a bigger following if I was an Instagram influencer. And every time I pray about it, I get a hard no, Mm. hard Mm -hmm. no. Right. And like, and I've had to like wrestle with that, but the Holy Spirit is not calling me there. And I can say that for a fact. Mm. And so I think we, and I don't know why that is. Maybe I don't like being in the limelight in a certain sense or like having my life on display. I don't know, but that's something that I have to listen to and say, okay, I'm not being called. So I'm not going to go further Yeah, because if I go further, it's not going to feel led. That idea of being led to, it's a discernment, right? Like evangelization. Mm -hmm. Sure. There's formulas, there's definitions, there's build relationships with people, but there's also a a zoomed out, like sometimes evangelization happens on social media or it happens from stages or it happens through podcasts. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it's always quite obvious when something feels forced from somebody Mm -hmm. in the evangelization world of like, maybe they've assumed, okay, well, this is what everybody else is doing. So I need to do it too. Or there's sometimes the grift that might be there of like, oh, like I just want to make money off of this. And this is an easy way to do it. That listening element, I I love that you just kind of brought this up of we sometimes try to fit circle pegs into square holes because we think, okay, well, everybody's evangelization, it just, you have to force it. But the Holy Spirit's gentle Mm -hmm. in the leading us to that. Some people are going to listen to this and get immediately uncomfortable because they'll be able to instantly recognize the places where they've gone without being led. Mm -hmm. And so I think the antidote to, I mean, I don't care about making people uncomfortable. A good podcast would do that. But if a person starts to realize, okay, maybe I'm not serving out of my giftedness, or maybe I'm trying to fit that square. Like I'm just, it's not, I can hear the Holy Spirit telling me, pay attention right now. How can they discover what their actual gifts are, right? Like there's the listening component, but this is what your entire book was about. Like the gifts of the Holy Spirit are something we have to dig into. Can you explain to us some of these gifts that people might need to start wrestling with that would make them the evangelists that God wants them to be? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's a couple of places in the scriptures that talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. One is in Romans 12, six through eight. And it says, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy and proportion of faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in di- diligence, the compassion and cheerfulness. And then the other one, which is the more, which we've learned like the seven gifts, right. healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. I think I got them all. There's a lot. There is a lot. So the first part, like we already talked about is relationship and prayer. So everything has to flow from that. Everything. So through that, so an example in my own life, and I can say this with authority, mm-hmm. I know that I have the gift of wisdom. Mm-hmm. The Lord has given me the gift of wisdom and I can see it working in my life. And I can even feel sometimes the download, mm-hmm. like when that is coming over me. Mm-hmm. So in certain ways, I think we can self-diagnose. In other ways, mentorship is really helpful. Like Sherry mm-hmm. Waddell has this with a, what is it called and gifted. Mm-hmm. And so there mm-hmm. are ways that we can like kind of take aptitude tests of spiritual gifts that will actually reveal to us like what we're naturally bent towards and then how we can actually serve the kingdom of God with that. Mm. And I do want to add with that, there's really, I think some gifts seem more glamorous, Yeah. right? Like if you have the gift of preaching and you can get on a stage in front of thousands of people, so many people look at that and say like, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. Like the question isn't like, it's not that it's more glamorous. That's the gift. And that's how that person is called. But mm-hmm. every single person is unique and every single person reflects the image of God in a specific way because God has placed himself into all of us. We mm-hmm. all reflect him. And so if I'm looking at that gift and I'm saying, I wish I had that gift, that gift seems glamorous, but I'm actually, I'm administrative. Like I could actually do that person's schedule really well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. by looking outside and saying, well, that teacher seems better than what I have. We're actually we're not honoring the gifts that the Lord has given us. We're actually Mm -hmm. saying like the image that you placed in me isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is what do I naturally like? What am I receiving in prayer? And then what are people affirming in me? And where is like that mentorship component? Mm -hmm. Because it's Mm -hmm. all those things that are going to help us to really hone in on that and say, okay, well then this is where I should dig in in the parish. Mm -hmm. Maybe I love kids and I would kill it in children's ministry at my parish and no one is doing children's ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was on the phone with a lady and she's like, my jam is VBS. And, I was <laughs> and that's like, a skill. Yeah. Praise God. It's not yeah. mine. Yeah. But she gets so jazzed about teaching the faith to kids through VBS. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we need because we are the body of Christ and mm-hmm. everybody's going to respond to something differently. Mm-hmm. That's such a genius way of putting it. Like I... So I travel and speak and I get asked the question a lot by teenagers who see the glamorous side of things. And sometimes like you pull the veil back for a second. You're like, you do realize you spend a lot of time alone in hotels and you do this. Or like, you do realize that like, there's this whole, like you're a superstar on a stage and you get home and you still have to change a diaper. And so like, there's this immediate spiritual attack of like your pride and your ego and like trying to show people. But at the same time, it's, so I've, I've been asked before, well, then why do you keep doing it? And it's like, cause it's what the Lord has called me to. And if he's going to open doors, then I'm, I'm going to walk through them. And that's always the point where people get lost. And, and this is not a promotion of my own prayer life, but like it's, mm-hmm. it takes a lot to get to a place where it's like, look, I know that this is where you want me right now. I might not like it, or I might be really challenged by it, but like, I'm confident that it's where you've called me. I think we also live in a time and in a world where we're jacks of all trade and masters of none. And that has become part of our spiritual life. And that like, well, I need to have my hand in everything. I, I follow this one lady on Instagram who's like constantly trying to find her brand. And 
it's I'm not proud of admitting this, but it's kind of like a hate follow because it's like just settle on something like and then it's an immediate wait. But you you can't settle on anything because you're not listening to what Jesus is asking you mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. that. There's a tension there when somebody finds it, though, and leans into it and the graces of God pour out and they're evangelizing well. What are some of the fruits, right? We know something by their fruits. What are what are fruits that people would be able to identify when they've acknowledged that this is the gift that God has called them to, that the Holy Spirit's pouring out upon them? I think order and mm. success, like that is a real thing. And that doesn't mean that we're going to always see that success, but we are going to see some of it. Like mm-hmm. the Lord calls us to be like faithful and he might not always show us the fruit, but he's going to make us fruitful mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. going to see some of that. And so I think there is a peace that comes upon us. There is an order that mm-hmm. comes upon us and a confidence in our identity. And th- this is just an example. I love scripture. Mm-hmm. I love scripture. It is my jam. I love it. I love diving into it. I love talking about it. It's magical to me. Mm-hmm. And so I can do encyclical studies, mm-hmm. but I should be leaning more towards scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I used to be in a ministry that was amazing that I love that leaned heavily into the traditional side of the church. And then when I joined walking with purpose order, there was just order right there because I knew where the Lord wanted me to be. And there was peace over me where I think sometimes in the past, it was a, I want this to work. I want this to work. And then now it just works. Mm. And so, and that's why I have a babysitter 20 hours a week. That's why I will make the sacrifices to be working because I know that that the Lord has called me to that. Yeah, yeah. And I can make those other sacrifices in my life with confidence. Yeah. There's confirmations when you start to take the steps that the Holy Spirit's led you to. I mean, an example for my life was with the Sirius XM show. I never like called them and said, Hey, I want to audition. I just got this email and then I got a week's worth of shows. And they're like, Hey, do you want to do a show every day? And I turned to my husband. And I said, I, I kind of feel like, like Jesus just handed us a present of we don't want, I don't want you traveling anymore. I want you to be home to tuck your kids in in bed. I want you to be able to continue doing the podcast that you're doing with Ave. And and I also want you to do this. And you do this means you don't have to go to all those hotels that you were starting to really resent. And there was just an immediate, this works. And then like, we found the nanny and it like worked. It was like, Mm -hmm. wow, like we, we have a great Catholic girl who can come babysit my kid and like the other ones in school. So everything's good. So the order component is huge. And I think Mm -hmm. people listening to this will be able to identify those moments where the order, where things are in place, where there's a great sense of peace. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit leads us to a place where we don't have to force it. And sometimes with evangelization, people try to force it. Like, I'm going to be really stern, or I'm going to be really outspoken, or I'm going to be really blunt. And I mean, God's a gentleman and very gentle in the way that he leads us. My last question is the question that we've asked everybody on the show. Let's say somebody heard this podcast as a talk, like we we were at a conference where all these people who want to be evangelists heard us have this panel and they bump into you in the elevator and they think, I really want to ask Mallory her number one piece of advice. Like you've got a minute going to the top floor of this Marriott. What's your nugget of wisdom to give the person who says, I want to evangelize better and I want to evangelize more. And I feel this tug on my heart. What, What do you tell them in that elevator ride? This isn't very practical, but I would say just start because when we do have that relationship with the Lord, when we are convicted, when I know that what I can offer you is the best thing that can ever be offered you, not because I'm offering it to you, but because it's real and it exists and the Lord wants to love you, then if you just start, 
like sometimes you can stumble through it and that's good. That doesn't mean that you need to go and be like super awkward or <laughs> go like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, don't know, go to a street corner yeah. with the Bible, but ask questions. Mm. Like, I think that's the best way, two ways, actually, here's something practical, two ways to practically evangelize, ask good questions, mm. ask questions that are going to lead somebody to think more deeply. Mm. And that doesn't mean you have to start with like, have you considered having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? <laughs> hey, did you grow up with a faith? Yeah. yeah, I was raised Catholic. You're going to get that nine times out of 10. Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Mm. Oh, cool. What happened? Yeah. And then let them tell their story. And mm. then you can speak into that story mm. from your own experience. And then the second thing, which I heard recently and I thought was so beautiful was tell people how they image God. Even if they don't believe, nobody's going to be offended by that. Mm. Like, hey, I see that the way that you do your schoolwork with incredible diligence and virtue, and that that is God-like virtue. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that I see that in you, Mm. right? That can also open up like an openness from somebody saying, wow, they saw that in me. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're always like, how do I get the hook? And it's like, why don't you just tell them how they image God? Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's such good advice. We are at the one year anniversary, by the way, of your incredible book that Ave published and you've given mm-hmm. to the world. Tell us a little bit about Rekindled and it's one year anniversary. Congratulations on that. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's been yeah. a full year. It's been yeah. a crazy year. Yeah. So um, the book that I wrote, which was a dream of mine is called Rekindled. Long tagline how Jesus called me back to the Catholic church and set my heart on fire. And, you know, it really is a story of the Holy spirit working in my life, but also an invitation for the Holy spirit to work in the lives of others. And the way that I set it up. And the reason that I wrote the book in the first place was because in ministry and Katie, I bet you've experienced the same thing. You're sitting on an airplane. Somebody says, what do you do? And Uh you say, I'm a Catholic speaker. And then like, they're (laughs) like, Oh, cool. That's cool. And they're like, eyes glaze over. And they're like, how do I not talk to this girl for the yep. next three hours? Or they say, I was raised Catholic. And, and then they tell you why they're no longer Catholic. And so in ministry and in my own life with my friends that I grew up with, that's the story. I was raised Catholic and this happened and this happened and this happened. And I no longer go to church. And maybe I believe the church is bigoted. The church is mean, this, 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 this. And then the other part of it is my kid doesn't go to church anymore. Oh, that's so cool. You're a missionary. My kid no longer practices the faith. And this is why I'm upset. And as I've listened to all these stories and thought of my own experience coming back to the church, I just thought I have to level with our generation. Mm -hmm. There are real issues in the church and there are issues that are valid reasons on the surface to leave. Like if I'm going to mass and I'm getting nothing out of it, The priest doesn't even seem like he believes the music, you know, is so high that a dog can, you know, hear it, dog whistle, (laughs) like, and my senses are being assaulted. Why wouldn't I go watch my favorite NFL game? Like that, Mm -hmm. that is a natural response. And so what I did in the book and the reason that I wrote it, it's nine topics and I can read a couple, just a couple going beyond mediocre masses, finding real answers to good questions facing a hypocritical hierarchy, sorting out the heart of sexuality Mm. and facing the heroism of quote unquote gloomy saints. And every chapter is broken up into what I experienced as a millennial. And those experiences are oftentimes very lackluster, very similar Mm -hmm. to what all the raised Catholic people experienced. Mm -hmm. And then what I learned and why I stayed. And what I wanted to do again was say like, yes, and amen, your experience is valid and it's true. And I'm sorry that mm. this is how humans run a God-given church. Yeah. But there is treasure underneath that and it's beautiful 
And I just invite you to come back and explore it. Mm-hmm. In my own life, I had left the Catholic church. I really met Jesus in the Protestant church. I was raised Catholic, very Catholic. And Jesus blew my mind at a non-denominational church. And it led me on a path towards bitterness, towards mm-hmm. the Catholic church for years. So much bitterness of how did I not hear this? Why are people not reading the Bible? Why don't they want to go on mission? You name it. And then out of that, really, I was still bitter. <laughs> but uh, one night in Florida, that Catholic guilt got to me and I decided to go to adoration out of the blue. And it was, uh, talk about the Holy Spirit. Like mm-hmm. the priest that was in Tampa, Florida doing adoration started talking to me in the back and he's like, oh, you're from Homa? I'm from Homa. <laughs> like, and he was from Louisiana and we connected. And then like in prayer, it was just a very special prayer experience for the blessed sacrament for me. And then after I was sitting in my car and I said, Lord, like, what do you want? I would do anything for you. I would mm-hmm. go anywhere, but I can't be one foot in. Like it's either all in Protestant mm-hmm. or all in Catholic and heard the most audibly I've ever heard the Lord speak to me. I've given you a mission field. Why would you leave? Mm. And it was like, boom, I'm in. I don't like it that I'm in. <laughs> it took me a couple of years to like it. I started doing my own research and fell in love with the faith. And so my hope is that through the book that, yeah, the Holy Spirit can like uncover many of our issues with the church and then start to heal those wounds and start to lead us into what was meant to be an unending treasure. Yeah. That's so great. Well, we're going to have a link down in the show notes of the book with a a discount code for the Ave Explorers listeners. Mallory, where can we follow you on social media? At Mallory A. Smythe on Instagram. I think Mallory Bush Smythe on Facebook. (laughs) And if you follow me... I post sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Not an influencer doesn't want but to be. But please follow. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead and follow. We'll have the links down there. Uh, and you can also find me at Walking With Purpose Official. Yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. We'll link all of that. Mallory, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Katie. I think sometimes there's a, a component to evangelization where we get jealous of what other people are doing in the way that they share the faith. Oh, I could do that or I could do that better. We think that thought. Or we, we look at what somebody's creating or what somebody's doing or how somebody's living out of their giftedness that they've discerned and we question it or we doubt it or, or we're jealous of it. Part of sharing the faith is recognizing I'm called to do it in a way that's vastly different than other people. You're called to do it in ways that are vastly different than me, that each one of us is working within our own area and sphere of influence in unique and particular ways that allow us opportunities and chances to give witness to Jesus Christ in places and spaces that other people will never get to go. If I'm only ever concerned about what somebody else is doing when they're sharing the faith, I might miss opportunities where I can share the faith. If all I'm ever thinking about is what I'm not getting to do, as opposed to paying attention to what I am getting to do, the opportunities the Lord is providing for me, the chances and places and moments that I am finding myself in, well then, if I'm not paying attention to what God is putting right in front of me, what the Holy Spirit is drawing me, that I'm doing everybody a disservice, myself, Christ, and the church as a whole. Mallory unpacking how we can discern our giftedness and sharing with us that our gifts are so critically important. It's such an important thing, and I'm glad we were able to chat with her today. You can find all of our content over at AveMariaPress.com, all of our podcasts, our videos, other great things that we've created for you, social media exclusives, so many amazing things that I think you'll really enjoy as we dig into this topic, as we look at what it means to actually share the faith and share the faith well. We'd be grateful if you'd give this podcast a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Just subscribe to it, share it with your friends. We'd be so grateful. We are almost at 200,000 downloads. We are so proud of that. 
so many great things continuing to come this season. So we're grateful that you're sticking around and you're joining us for this. We'll be back next week with a whole lot more. So join us then. Thanks for being here today, as always, as we've dug into what it means to share the faith. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.